some of the best responses come after a pause, a breath, a walk, and a refocus on the big picture. In this episode, we talk about why your knee-jerk reactions are limiting your creativity. And we'll also cover three ways that you can go from automatic reactions to value-based responses. Welcome to The Modern Creative Woman, exploring the art and science of creativity. I'm your hostess and creativity expert, Dr. Amy Bacos. Let's get started. The trickle-down effect of listening to and believing your automatic thoughts is less actual thinking, less creative thinking, less relationship building, and way less self-growth than we're capable of. You might be tempted to believe your thoughts. After all, they're running through your mind all day and you've heard many of them your entire life. However, research shows that we are less satisfied with our lives when we believe our thoughts and act on them without consideration of our personal values. I want to start by defining the difference between reacting and responding to what's happening. So a reaction happens in the moment. It is driven by our beliefs, our biases, our prejudices, and it really emerges from the unconscious or the pre-conscious mind. And when you say or do something, quote unquote, without thinking, That's really the unconscious mind kind of running the show. It's a knee-jerk reaction. It's based on the moment, and it does not consider any of the long-term effects of what we say or do. What's interesting about a reaction is it's our brain's way of trying to be efficient and survival-oriented. A reaction is often a defense mechanism, just moving very quickly through our mind, and we act out on it. Now, sometimes things turn out okay when we react, but of the things we regret, it's usually our knee-jerk reactions. Now, our reactions emerge from, first, how we managed our childhood. Everybody had to kind of grow up and survive in some kind of environment, whether it was, you know, something that was supportive or not. We still had to manage and learn how to be there. It also comes from how we survived our traumas, and we all have traumas, big T or little t traumas. We all have them, and we want to stay safe moving forward, and so these reactions are our brain's way of trying to keep us safe. Our reactions also come from what we learn from our family, from our culture, and then, of course, what we learn from society, those messages that we take in from society. Now contrast that to a response. A response emerges more slowly, and it's based on information from both our conscious mind and our unconscious mind. A great way to think of a response is that it's ecological. And by that I mean it takes into consideration both the well-being of you and those around you. The response also weighs the long-term effects of each choice. A response, then, is congruent with your core values. 
It's you acting in a way that is in alignment with how you want to be, with what's most important to you. Now, a reaction and a response may look exactly alike, but they feel completely different. So let's talk about how you can tell the difference. The difference between the action you take is based on your emotions, if your values are involved in the process. And one way to understand is to ask yourself, would I say the same thing if my values were in the front of my mind? Would I do this same thing knowing a little bit more information? For example, you might be approached by someone who's asking for money. It could be a friend, a family, a person on the street, and you decide, I'm going to give them some money. A reaction would be just handing over the money out of obligation, fear, guilt, embarrassment. But a response would be giving money from a a really like a solid sense of yourself that you're there to help people. But in that same example, say you decide not to give money to that person. If it was a reaction, it means you decide not to give the money out of fear, disgust, anger, frustration. If you decide not to give the money as a response, you don't give that money because you want to give your money elsewhere. You have other priorities for your money. You thought about it. So you see that any action can come from your knee-jerk response or it can come from a value-based reaction. And remember, the more we focus on our values, go slowly and choose reaction, the more satisfied we are. When we choose reactions, we become a little less empowered. We have a sense that our, our behavior is somehow out of our control and that feels terrible. Reactions really come from a loss of psychological flexibility. We have all the options in front of us. We can say or do anything. And if we're choosing the same thing over and over again, again, it feels rigid, inflexible, and unempowering. Reactions often come from not knowing what our underlying assumptions and beliefs are. And you know when humanity does this or countries do this, the results are somewhere between horrendous and less than stellar. We can have knee-jerk reactions in all kinds of ways. So let me give you a couple examples. You might burst out laughing. And that's because it's funny. Your friend told you a joke. You're having a good time. But laughter can also emerge as a reaction if we're nervous. I've certainly had nervous laughter and, you know, I wish I wouldn't laugh in moments where it's maybe not appropriate. Here's another example. We can turn away, hide, escape, and that's a great thing to have if we're being chased by a bear. But it can also really limit our ability to confront our problems, to be in the present moment. And when we go hide and escape because we're avoiding conflict or we're just trying to maintain a little bit of comfort, that's a reaction we're trying to get away from. Here's another example. We can make a triangle in a relationship. And that means bringing in a third person or, or bringing in another circumstance in a personal relationship. 
Now, it might be the more the merrier. A couple has a child or invites someone over for dinner. Or making a triangle can be a way that we learned in childhood about how to avoid intimacy. We draw someone else into our conflict, for example. Now, being helpful, it might be that you're giving generously and that comes from a value-based response of how you want to serve in the world. But being helpful to try and please others or manage our emotions, be liked, that comes from a knee-jerk kind of survival reaction. And you can also think of lots of business examples. There's some short-term decisions that companies have made that have just been in response to they want to generate more money for their stockholders. But then there's other businesses that are planning. They don't have knee-jerk reactions. And they really use that environmental consideration when they make their choices. And it could be like literally considering the environment of nature, but it includes the environment of their employees, their customers, and the wider society. So what can you do to shift from these knee-jerk reactions to value-based responses? Well, the first idea is to really just know so much more about how your brain works. And if you're thinking about how your brain works, you'll want to know that psychologists have been doing this for a long time. Word association tests, that's where the therapist says a word and the client says the first word that comes to mind. And any kind of pauses or emotional reactions reveal the aspects where that client might have some struggle or bias. There's also implicit association tests, and this has been ongoing research from Harvard that reveals a lot more about our implicit biases, and in particular, our biases about other people. You can find implicit bias tests online. It's an incredible experience to see what your mind automatically comes up with. And another area that's been really important in research is around cultural humility. And that research is teaching us to respond with a pause and so that we're not acting out these culturally taught biases. And finally, engaging in present moment awareness helps us tremendously. The second thing that you can do is to know yourself really well and know what your biases are. It takes a lifetime to figure out who we are and to become our most authentic selves. And it's not something we can just say, check, done, I'm authentic now. Authenticity is a lifelong practice. And so figuring out how to slow things down for yourself and really reflect on your values, what's most important, and then act on those values. It requires understanding what you were taught from your family and from society, and then asking yourself, do you want to continue these things? So you can create the automatic response of a pause. My dad always says, well, it's time to go outside and blow the stink off. Going outside and going for a walk, brings perspective. 
it allows us the space to reflect, pause, and then act with intention. Of course, drawing and painting and collage are ideal tools for knowing ourselves. And I always suggest you should work with an art therapist. It gives you the ability to balance both language and the pre-conscious, pre-verbal visual experiences that we all have all the time. Another way that you can know yourself more is through meditation. And you might want to take a meditation class or try a group meditation. Just invite a friend. You can turn on a little music, set your timer for three minutes. You can find lots of guided meditations online or in apps. But a mindfulness meditation is not directed. It allows you to just observe your mind and the thoughts that come and go. An important aspect of knowing yourself is cultivating a sense of non-judgment against ourselves. And that means adopting the attitude of a curious observer. It's just noticing when the judgments come in, not hanging on to them. For example, we were all raised with racism, sexism, homophobia, ableism, etc. But when we learn about our biases in this way, we can avoid acting out with discrimination. And the third way that I think is incredibly powerful is to practice cognitive diffusion. And this is a thinking strategy on taking perspective. It comes from acceptance and commitment therapy. And cognitive diffusion means taking a step back from our thoughts and recognizing them for what they are. A thought is a biological process. It is one neuron firing across a synapse to another neuron. And we're not right. These thoughts aren't right. They're not true. They are just a biological process. And as long as I've been practicing acceptance and commitment therapy, I still see myself often engaging in cognitive fusion where I believe in my thoughts. For example, I got a beautiful new watch as a Mother's Day gift. And the flap where it hooks on just was so loose and it kept falling off. And I thought, oh my goodness, this company has designed this band so I have to go buy another one. They just want more money. These were my thoughts, and I really believed that something was wrong with my watch. So I went into the store, and I said, I think I need a new band. There's something wrong here. And they said, oh, the band's just on backwards here. Just flip this over. And then it closed correctly. It doesn't flip off anymore. And this example is just this ongoing reminder of how I cannot believe my thoughts It wasn't true what I was thinking. So if you think back to all of the moments where you were not like, you were not right, you thought something and then later discovered it wasn't true, those are powerful moments. And often our mind will try and keep us in the space of being right. And many people struggle with shifting their perspective. 
They get new information. You can see it in politics. People will double down on their idea even when there's new information. You can observe it in your friends. However, the trick is to know it in yourself. So collage is a really powerful tool here. We can project onto the images. You can find a picture in a magazine or on Pinterest and tell a story about it. You can write down a story. You can just tell it out loud. You can make a, like a little video journal about it. This unique strategy of projecting onto an image reveals so much about ourselves. Another way you can practice cognitive diffusion in creativity is to do a scribble drawing. And that means just to take a pen and scribble across the paper and then ask yourself, what might this be? And see how you can turn the scribble into an image. These are some really powerful art therapy tools that you can use at home just to see what it looks like. Working with an art therapist then would allow you to take the experience and apply it to your life. So now that you know about the difference between a knee-jerk reaction and a value-based response, what will you create? Have a wonderful week, and I cannot wait to see you in the next episode. And hey, come join me and the Modern Creative Woman on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest at Dr. Amy Backos. You can be a friend of the pod and keep this content free and accessible for women who are unable to afford a membership or to see an art therapist. And have you gotten your copy of the five values of a modern creative woman? Hop on over to arttherapycentersf.com and you can join our mailing list. And then you get your free copy of the aspirational principles that you need to live your modern creative life.